Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. I am here today with our guest, Jay Hardwick. Jay Hardwick has been a church planter, pastor, uh, has been uh, deeply involved in church planning within our state, and he is currently the Associate Executive Director and Chief Strategist for the South Carolina Baptist Convention. But more importantly to me and to many of our listeners, Jay and his family are members at Lake Murray Baptist Church and have been good friends for a number of years. So Jay, welcome to the podcast and thanks for being with us. Thanks, David. Really uh, glad to be here and appreciate uh, you guys uh, doing this and appreciate the opportunity to, to connect with our Lake Murray family in this, uh, in this venue. Yeah, man, we're excited to have you. Let's just jump right in. We're, we're living in a pretty unique time right now. And uh, one of the cool things about uh, having you at our church and the position that you serve in in the state convention is you have a little bit of a bird's eye view of all of the Southern Baptist churches or, or many of our SBC churches uh, in the state. And so what have, what's been your experience or what have been some of the things that you've been encouraged by uh, the response of our churches around the state, really SBC churches around the state uh, in response to the, the COVID-19 crisis? Well, I think, David, uh, a lot of what we've seen that's been so encouraging has been uh, very similar to what you guys, as far as our pastors at Lake Murray, have, have done. And that is um, the, the ability of so many of our churches and so many of our, our staffs and pastors uh, to really kind of flip ministry and turn on a dime and figure out a whole new paradigm in a very short period of time. Um, so what what that has meant for a lot of our pastors and churches is, you know, figuring out virtual environments, figuring out online ministry when that was nowhere near any of their thought processes, you know, until just a few weeks ago. And so um, it's really neat when you see pastors and and church leaders really push out of and sometimes have to push out of their comfort zones. Um, you know, some guys had maybe some really good reasons, some deeply held reasons why maybe they resisted various, you know, online or virtual types of gatherings. And now all of a sudden, that's their only option. And so they've had to put those preferences aside, put those comfort zones aside and and figure it out. And um, I tell you, I've just been so impressed and I've been so proud of our pastors and our church leaders all over the state uh, because they've done it and they've done it well. Um, so. So seeing them move to the virtual environments w- with worship and, and with maybe their kind of Wednesday night Bible study and things like that. And then now the, the longer we get into this, um, initially, not everybody jumped into virtual environments with small groups, but now more and more are. So they're figuring out how to use Zoom and Facebook Live and other other mediums like that to do their small groups, or their Sunday school classes, um, you know, whatever that might be. But um, just really embracing that. Um, as as really about the only way that they can do it right now. And then obviously some have been creative and, and they've tried to do the drive-in services and various other things like that. Um, so that's been really encouraging to, to see. It's also been really encouraging to see how many of our churches have taken a proactive approach uh, to serve um, in their communities, um, continuing to partner with schools, um, partnering with schools, especially 
that are, say, uh, feeding sites where, where the meals are being uh, prepared and distributed to families that need that. And then other other times, uh, churches uh, taking on new serving opportunities. So leveraging the fact that that families are home more than ever. One of the biggest barriers we hear all the time that keep families, um, members of, of churches from living on mission is just, man, we're busy. Um, kids are doing stuff, school's going on, travel with work, uh, whatever it might be. Well, now all that's gone. There, There is none of that. And so families are at home with maybe more discretionary time than they've ever had, you know, in their lives. And so several churches have have cast a vision for folks leveraging that time to prayer walk their neighborhoods. And as they're prayer walking, kind of logging the miles, intentionally connecting with neighbors, praying for them, finding ways to serve, you know, all those kinds of things, sharing the gospel within that. Um, just all kinds of really neat ideas uh, like that. And then uh, I've seen a real commitment uh a deep commitment to prayer and evangelism of just recognizing uh, we don't have all the answers as to why God has allowed this pandemic to, to run the course that it has. Um, But we know he has a purpose. We know he's at work. There's something he wants to do in his people. There's something that he wants to do in the world and the work that he does in the world happens through his people. And yeah. so just seeing a real commitment to prayer, um, to repentance, God cleanse us, purify us, get our attention. Where have we missed you? Um, and then a real commitment to say, God, what is it that you're wanting to do, you know, in and through your people? And, you know, chief among those responses is going to be a renewed commitment to share the gospel, recognizing, um, you, you know, now more than ever, maybe we can say people need the hope of the gospel, the life-giving um, hope of the gospel. And then um, just to add one final thing has been um, our disaster relief response. Um, I mean, you know, even our team from Lake Murray is serving right now in response um, to the disasters that that have hit our state in terms of the tornadoes on top of the disaster that is the, the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And so, um, but our, our disaster relief uh, teams, uh, we, we have been able to donate tens of thousands of respirator masks to hospitals. Um, we've set up some of our disaster relief feeding units at hospitals to feed healthcare workers. Um, we have set up um, several of our shower units uh, to help serve healthcare workers in various places around the state. Our disaster relief feeding units have even been utilized to help um, college campuses where there are students that can't get home. Um, and so they're there, you know, on their on their campus or in proximity to the campus. And because of the quarantines, don't have, you know, the access they would normally have to a meal plan or whatever it might be. Some of those feeding units have even been involved in helping to provide food uh, for college students that are quarantined on campuses. Um, and then right now, I mean, we've got disaster relief units out in uh, dozens of communities around the state uh, with chainsaw units and chaplains uh, ministering to families and communities that were impacted by the tornadoes. So uh, the phrase that we've embraced is uh, advance anyway. And, and we're just seeing um, evidence of that all over the place as churches figure out the virtual environments, uh, really make a commitment to prayer uh, and evangelism, and then continue to serve their communities in meaningful and transformative ways. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I, I think one of the things that I've been most encouraged by is, is a, to echo a lot of what you just said, is just the collaborative nature of the church in these days, right? Uh, I, I think I was talking on an earlier podcast with one of our pastors. Uh, none of us took a global pandemic class in seminary, and so this is something that we're all kind of figuring out at the same time. And one of the great things that I think I've seen is I've been on a number of Zoom calls, and I know that you've been on a number of calls as well, Jay, with, with pastors and leaders around our state who are just saying, hey, w- what are you guys doing? What's working? How can we share resources? How can we work together effectively for the cause of the gospel uh, across our state? And and that's been one of the most encouraging things to me. I mean, on top of those things that you've seen uh, that you just mentioned, I think embracing virtual environments, being willing to serve, a recommitment to prayer and evangelism is just this desire for kingdom cooperation across our state. And so uh, I'm interested to see, uh, and, and we've talked about this just a little bit, You know, everybody now, I think, is no longer under the illusion that things will just kind of go back to normal, you know, that we can just flip the light switch and everything will be fine. We'll forget all about this. And so there is this kind of sense that uh, things uh, are going to have to change in the future. Things will change in the future because of uh, this COVID-19. And so and so, Jay, how do you see this season um, really shaping ministry in the future uh, on a local level or, or maybe even in, on a statewide level? Mm-hmm. Well, th- the first answer for me is actually what you were just talking about, is I think we're going to be a whole lot more collaborative on the backside of this uh, than we were uh, maybe going into it. And, and it's in uh, the crucible of crisis that those relationships are formed and forged amongst pastors and church leaders Um, because you really are forced to think about the big C church ahead of your own personal little C church, so to speak. And so we're seeing guys looking at um, their city, at the larger scope of their communities, um, because we can't think, how many people can we get in our building? That that question's off the table now. Um, the, The question now truly is, how many people are we ministering to how many people are hearing the gospel? How many people are being served? Where are the needs? Where are the opportunities? And the recognition that if we can partner together, uh, then man, the impact, the gospel impact that could be made in our communities will, will be far, uh, far more significant um, than if we're just trying to do it on our own in our own little trap. So uh, I think that's definitely a piece that will that will be a good move uh, forward, you know, as we come out on the backside of this. Um, uh, you know, we, we say this all the time now is, you know, normal has changed. Uh, there's not going to be a, a back to normal. And I, and I think one of the, uh, the biggest mistakes that we could make is to think, well, you know, one day the governor's going to say we're back open for business and then everything just goes right back to normal. And, and, and as a, a, a person I was interviewing, a leader I was interviewing yesterday on the podcast said, we, we have to be, we have to be careful to not whiplash. Um, thinking we're just going to all of a sudden hit the gas pedal and things are just going to go right back. They're not. Um, our worship gatherings are going to to be very different uh, than they were, you know, just a couple of months ago. Um, so, so we're beginning to think about how can we resource and help pastors and church leaders think about if our facility holds, if we can pack 600 in um, to our to our worship auditorium. What if the limitation is no larger than 100 or 200? So we can get back together, but we can't put more than 200 people in the building. So are we going to do multiple services? And so if we were doing two before, now we might have to do three or four. 
Um, are we going to have to, you know, do them on different nights, you know, so that we're not all piling up all on one day? Um, you know, how, how are some of those things going to going to look? Uh, the same thing will be true with small groups. So if we're used to gathering, you know, people in homes, well, are we still going to be able to do that? Or is that maybe not a wise thing? And um, or if we had, you know, certain numbers of, of people gathering in classes and Sunday school classes or whatever it might be, um, those numbers will be different. So do we need to get more leaders and, and more classes and more homes and all of those kind of things? So um, I, I think with that is going to be a real focus on leadership development. Um, I think a lot of churches have recognized maybe maybe we weren't quite as good at developing leaders as we thought, and maybe we didn't quite have as many uh, leaders that were ready to really lead, to step up and lead in their neighborhoods, in various you know segments of the community where they're scattered out. Um, and so I think it's going to be a real opportunity to develop and raise up some new leaders, and probably churches are starting to see them now. You know, who are the folks in the church that are that are, are taking opportunities and, and they're not waiting, but they're seizing those opportunities. So then how can we as church leaders develop them and train them and then put them in the game meaningfully um, to lead because we're probably going to need them, um, which is then going to create a great church multiplication opportunity. Um, we, may, we may actually see a church planting movement come out of this because if, if there are still going to be limitations on sizes of how many people can gather under one roof at a time, then it may very well be that rather than a church saying, well, we're going to have 10 services, you know, because I don't, I don't know, I don't know any pastor that could survive, you know, preaching, you know, 10 times on a weekend or whatever, you know, that might be, that it might very well be that they recognize, man, we've got two or three guys who could teach, who could lead, and we could just multiply this thing out into neighborhood clubhouses, into, you know, other venues that would be accessible and available to be used. And it very well may be that God will raise up a whole new generation of church planners uh, that will come out of this. If churches will have the vision for that and the heart for that and then figure out the avenues to to train and send and appropriately um, support all of that. Um, the other thing that I think will be really different on the back side of this is churches will have a new appreciation for meaningful membership because, because that's what ties a community together. When you can't walk in a building um, and then that's your connection to each other once or twice a week, um, but your connection is more of a heart connection first to Jesus and then to one another as a faith family, uh, that's really getting to the heart of regenerate membership, meaningful membership, membership that comes with high expectation, um, not in a legalistic way, but in a want to way that people will want to gather. They will want to gather for worship. They will want to gather for community and Bible study um, and, and discipleship. They will want to gather together for serving opportunities in new and fresh ways. And so um, I think we'll come out with a healthier understanding of what that looks like, hopefully some systems to develop it, recognizing um, there are likely going to be restrictions on gatherings. Uh, we're probably going to have to figure out how to do it with less resources because people are going to, you know, are losing jobs. Their, their financial picture looks very, very different. So the resources that we're going to have available at the local church level, the state level, the national level probably won't be what they used to be. Um, which then again is going to just raise the bar on developing new leaders, multiplying new opportunities for people that, um, you know, are everyday everyday people that live in our live in our neighborhoods and are part of our church family to take up mantles of leadership and and be able to lead um, in that way. So there will definitely be some challenges, and 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 there will be aspects that will be very very hard. 
But I think there are some exciting opportunities when we think about the new leaders that could be raised up, new churches that could be planted, new ways that people are going to have a desire to gather together, to serve together, to grow together. Um, it, it could be it could be a great moment for the church. It could be a great moment for the church. Yeah, I know the team that you lead at the convention, that your your mission and vision really is to help equip the local church to raise up leaders and to advance the gospel uh, across our state. And, and so I know that you guys work really hard uh, in, in your building uh, to really make sure that church leaders are equipped, that they're cared for, that they're resourced. Uh, and, and so I, I just kind of want to flip that question on you and just ask, during this season, how can how can the church really be praying for and continuing to support the efforts uh, of the state convention, of the team that you lead, uh, uh, of the folks that, that you're leading who are working so hard to equip us? How can we be praying for and, and supporting you during this time? Yeah, that's a great question. And and the first the first part of the answer is that our focus is first and foremost on local churches. So as the local church goes, you know, then then say we as a state convention or a national denomination, you know, can go. But our first and, and primary concern is local churches. It, it's our mission is to help churches fulfill the Great Commission. And so uh, the answer is almost exactly, you know, what you said even in the question. It's it's number one to pray. Uh, it's it's to pray for God to move and work in in your own community and you know specifically in our Lake Murray family and our Lexington. Gilbert communities and the areas that God has given us reach. We want to pray. God use us in this area. And then at the same time, yeah, recognize we're we're one part of a of a big of a big pond, so to speak. Um, we have twenty one hundred uh, churches, uh, South Carolina Baptist churches in our state. So Lake Murray is one of those. You know, so uh, praying for the larger collective of South Carolina Baptist churches. And then from a giving standpoint, um, yeah, Lord willing, uh, I tell you, we've been so encouraged to hear giving reports all over the state of churches that that are seeing folks not step back and back away from their giving, but actually step up and rally with their giving, recognizing the ministry opportunity, recognizing the challenge um, that that we are that we are facing. And and so that gives us great joy for what it means for local churches, that that pastors and and local church staff teams can continue their ministry in the local community. And then collectively as South Carolina Baptists, we can continue our generous cooperative program giving, um, continue our generous uh, Janie Chapman State Missions offering, giving that offering will come up in the fall. Um, that will be a critical, critical offering uh, for, for what God's doing in our state. Of course, we've got the Lottie Moon um, offering that'll come up in, in the wintertime as we get close to Christmas and continue to support our international missionaries. I mean, there's a lot that rides on cooperative program giving and our giving to these to these specific offerings. Um, was just on a call this morning thinking about uh, and talking about our our 3,700 international mission board missionaries and our and and their 2,800 kids that are still serving. Uh, they are still advancing the gospel all over the world, and our cooperative program dollars uh, fuel that ministry and fuel that effort. At the same time, you look at NAM. Uh, the North American Mission Board, there's 5,000 plus um, missionaries and church planners mobilized through the North American Mission Board, um, many of them in some of the hardest hit areas of our nation when it comes to the coronavirus. And so the giving through cooperative program makes a ton of difference there. And then just in our state, um, you'll be encouraged to know as South Carolina Baptist, our collegiate ministries, though our college campuses are all shut down, our collegiate ministries are carrying on week after week. Um, I was on a call or uh, a, a united virtual worship gathering of all of our collegiate ministries in South Carolina two Thursday nights ago. And I can't tell you 
what an amazing thing it was to scroll through screen after screen on a Zoom call and see hundreds of college students engaged in a virtual worship environment. Uh, they're doing that with their small group Bible studies. So much is continuing there and cooperative program and Janie Chapman dollars fuel every bit of that. And then we've still got our 30 plus church planners in South Carolina, uh, many more that are in the pipeline, you know, to, to go and start new work. And we're praying that pipeline, as I just said, is going to increase. And so uh, giving first and foremost to your local church is of critical importance so that that local ministry can continue on. Then local churches continuing then to be able to give generously through cooperative program and through Janie Chapman and through the other mission offerings to see to it that mission continues in state, in our nation and around the world is critical. And, and again, it's going to it's going to be the fuel. It's going to be uh, the, the resource engine to make this this ministry and mission opportunity that's going to be in front of us now. And especially on the back end of this, it's going to make it possible. And so. We do covet your prayers. Uh, we do uh, covet uh, the generous giving and partnership, and that's the way we view this. It's a partnership. We're in this together, and um, we want to continue doing everything we can to serve well and to um, and to equip and encourage pastors and church leaders and churches to live on mission, to advance anyway, to fulfill the Great Commission, and then uh, and then to do our part as South Carolina Baptists to continue to engage uh, across North America. Um, and around the world, as then you as a local congregation continue doing what the Lord's called you to do in the place where he, he has you in your local community. So continuing to give, continuing to pray. We're in this together and uh, we're seeing God do a great thing. And we believe he can and will do a great thing in us and through us as we continue to, to move forward in that. Jay, I'm so grateful for your leadership, man, for your insight, for you taking the time to share uh, kind of what's been on your heart, what you're, you and your team are doing uh, really to equip the local church. And man, thankful for your friendship, buddy. Thanks for coming on the pod. Thank you, man. It's a, uh, it's a joy to, to be with you. It's a joy to be a part of the Lake Murray uh, family. And I'm um, really glad we can, we can walk through these days uh, together. And I want to say to you and the team, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. And uh, we, we could not be uh, more happy uh, to be a part of the Lake Murray family um, at this season and just commend you guys for the work you're doing to lead and just so much appreciate your friendship, bro. Thanks, man. Grateful to partner with you. And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Murray Baptist Church and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Murray Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others' good.